I was faster than Arne for the first time in my life. It's never gonna happen again. What's up, guys? What's up? Broom Vagoon audience. No, that's another thing, Stefan. We're gonna talk about it later. Hi, guys. How are you doing? That's Broom Vagoon and that's Calamaro. And welcome to episode number two of Broom Vagoon. How I cannot swear because I got already some problems with iTunes, but you know, how to train for climbing mountains living in a flat city as Berlin is. This is kind of the headline. And how are you doing? We're in episode number two. Is everything super cool? Especially outside the weather. It's freezing here in Berlin. But I need to start climbing some mountains. Actually, I can never do here in Berlin. But I have to continue riding and I have to freeze my uh, <clears throat> butt around. First of all, my sponsor, thanks to Wahoo and thanks to Isadore and my contacts, hello at calamaro.cc if you want to write me, if you want to watch my videos, I don't have videos, if you want to watch my stories or pictures, instagram.com slash readcalamaro. Twitter is really active in this period, I promise you that I will keep a bit more active this year, twitter.com slash read caramaro and something else yeah guys i still need your help nobody wrote yet on the and mentioning lance armstrong because i want to interview him try to make it happen together with me i cannot be the only one writing to him because he's ignoring me all the time so write a tweet write him on instagram whatever you want the important thing Use the hashtag. I got to uh, find one super nice. Lance at Broom Vagoon. Lance at Broom Vagoon. Mention him. Mention me. Let it happen. Let it happen. I want to interview that guy. Please, guys. Also, I also climbed called the Lamadon because I like this guy, this guy and I want to interview him. Please, guys, do it. And, uh, yeah, what uh, else? Yeah, I was telling you that my account in Instagram, no, my Twitter account is really active in this period, especially because and watching at the situation that, yeah, I put a poll uh, last week uh, talking about the Heroica. You know that happened this race, Heroica, where you have to ride with a bicycle that are... Uh, 20 years old on uh, white roads or whatever. Actually, after four years in a row, I got a bit sick about it and I put a poll on the Twitter just to try to understand if you feel the same as me. I put the poll and I ask, okay, what do you like? What do you think about the Heroica, guys? I got a lot of votes, a really lot of votes, three digit votes. And uh, yeah, looks like a lot of people are just going there because of the food, Italian food. You can go wherever in Italy to get good food as this one, and the food is always better after the race, guys. So don't take it as an excuse. You are not doing like this, but looks like second uh, position because everybody really like this race. It's amazing and blah, blah. I just want some explanation. Just let me know why is like this and just my favorite choice was it's only rusty bikes riding around in a shitty weather uh, it was just voted by me and probably my mom so it was not so interesting but i want to go deep on it i want you 
to tell me why you really like it and maybe suggest me somebody who really likes the Eroica. Maybe I will try to find somebody to interview about the topic. Talking about races, this weekend was an amazing race here in Berlin where I kicked the ass of Arne. Arne is a friend of mine. He's really, really, really strong. He wins something like every two Ellicats. Every Ellicat is there on the first three position. But this time we did this race and I was first. I was not first. I was just before him and uh, five seconds faster than him. If you want to know more about it, just wait a bit because I think I'm going to talk about it at the end of this episode. It, the core of this episode is actually uh, something different something else yes i got to interview one of the favorite content creator in the internet talking about bicycle and uh, you will find actually his youtube channel jasper verkyle is the name he's gonna say better his surname because i'm really bad and i got to interview him we talked uh, till uh, 10 minutes ago and i will put the recording of this interview exactly here see you later and today my interview is with Jasper. Watch out, I will not ever try to say your surname because <laughs> it's complicated. You are Dutch. Hi, Jasper. Hello. Yes, very nice to be here. Thanks a lot. Uh, my surname is Verkel, so that's how you pronounce it. I was expecting from you something like, I don't know, your classic start of the video. So do What's it, up, guys? What's up, cycling fanatics? That's it. Oh, it's making a couple of uh, words around you, but I think it's better for you to present yourself. So, who is Jasper Varkal? Yes, that's me. Okay, when I was like five years old, I have an older brother, he's two years older, and he was uh, starting with BMX racing. There was a BMX track in our town where, where I lived when I was a kid, and uh, that's how I got into, into racing. And I never was a real good rider i was always pretty much losing every race i did uh, until i got a little bit older and at the age of 12 i became national champion in uh, the netherlands it was uh, yeah that was the first time um and then from that point it really got serious so i started training more and more and then i started like having some good results on the european championships and even in world championships so i was I was on, on the podium in uh, international races uh, a lot. Um, wow. Racing through juniors, I, I, was, uh, I, I got fourth on the world championship. And then I transferred to elite, elite man in uh, BMX, which is uh, Olympic at the, at the moment since 2008. And, but that year I was still like, was my first year in elite. So it was a bit hard to, to qualify for Olympics. So I didn't make it. And then the next year, uh, Olympic uh, Games was in 2012, but I started, um, I started my, uh, my flight school because I, I, uh -huh. I work as a pilot for KLM. So my, my uh, school was from 2010 until 2012. So I had to quit BMX. So that's where uh, my career in BMX uh, stopped. And... Um, then I had to, to do something else. So I, I, there was a, a, some people from my club, from my old BMX club, they were doing an event. In a, there was a 2013, and it was uh, to raise money for a cancer fund in the Netherlands. And the thing is, you had to climb up 
the Alpe d'Huez in the in the France as many times as you can. Okay. In in a, in, in one day. So I didn't really know what the whole event was about, but I heard them they were competing and I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's fun. So I just said, okay, I'll do it. But then I, I looked into what I actually had to do and it was pretty serious. So as I always do with, with anything, uh, what I start, I want to do as, as good as I can. I want to be like, I want to go full all, full in. So I started training a lot on the road bike and on uh, that day, I climbed up uh, El Duez seven times in a row. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was uh, 180 kilometers and uh, 10,000 meters of elevation. More than, more than an Everest thing then. Yeah, wow. there was a, it was a crazy day. It took me uh, about 12 hours to, uh, to, uh, to do this. Sorry, 12 and, uh, hours. Yeah, so I started in the morning. Yeah. At 5.30, around 5.30 or something, and I ended at 6 o'clock on top of the Alpe d'Huez for the seventh time. And then yeah. go back to sleep. And then it was sleep and eat, yeah. And then I didn't ride for a long time. So uh, that's how I got into road cycling. And then I was just riding my bike for a couple of years um, because I didn't get a job first. Uh, it was very hard to get a job as a pilot, so I was trying to apply for a job like everywhere in the world. I lived in... Um, in Australia for a year, so I didn't ride my bike a lot okay. in that year. But it's too dangerous for the animals. No, yeah, no. But I just didn't have a good bike, and I went to the gym a lot okay. just to stay active, and uh, that's what I was really like. I, I did a lot of gym training when I was in BMX, so I really enjoy it, and um, I just went to the gym like four or five days a week uh, just because I like it and I wanted to stay strong. But then when I got back home. Uh, I wanted to and like proceed in road cycling and I went to um, to the Mont Ventoux with some friends or to ride up. Yeah, we have a video about that and that's pretty much where I started YouTube as well. Um, I was training for the Marmotte, a big Grand Fondo in the Alps going over a couple big uh, Alp uh, climbs. So we went to the Ventoux for, uh, for a nice uh, warm up ride actually. And then the next week was uh, the Marmotte. So, and then that was last year. And this year I just went for a full racing year and uh, trying to get as much experience on the road bike that I, uh, that I can. So that's pretty much how I got into cycling. Yeah, it's a lot of information. We are going to go through all of that. So please, guys, bury yourself and stay here with your headphones on for three, four hours more. <laughs> Let's go through. I would start from the beginning. You said, okay, uh, as everybody understood from your surname plus from your story, you are Dutch. And uh, yeah, you are also a pilot. How can you combine your passion for bicycle with your job as pilot? I think that you have to do also because usually you are flying intercontinental aircraft. So this means 12 hours on your plane. Uh, flying it driving it and plus sometimes to rest because actually yes you have to rest how actually can you combine it where which spot will you are you finding to to ride your bicycle yeah that's uh the one of the hardest things that i have to do right now is to uh to create my own schedule every time and to see when i ride my bike and when i can ride my bike um, so I fly on a Boeing 747, so that's a, always long flights, and um, 
we are with three pilots in the cockpit and we rotate during the flight so i can have a rest during the flight and then when i arrive on any destination i'll have one two or sometimes three nights uh, there to rest and then we fly back so uh-huh. it gives me some time to to train but i always have a jet lag so that's really hard but i try to make as much out of it as i can so every time when i have any spare time to ride i will get on the bike and do it so that means that when i'm in uh, los angeles i'll be riding uh, very late in the day or uh, very early in the morning and when i'm in hong kong i will i will just ride literally in the night middle of the night okay. so it's really crazy uh, you're always in your jet lag on the other side of the on, on the world so it's pretty weird to uh, to um, mix and match this job with with cycling but i'm trying to do it as good as i can yeah okay but i really can swear that i is another of my passion is actually uh, aircraft themselves and flying so in my next podcast i will interview it again but just move back to the cycling life. Yeah. This year, you were saying, was another piece of information, apart from uh, the BMX, another piece of the information of your life with the bicycle was that this year uh, you made some crit race. This makes sense, actually, because riding, as you do, uh, all year in flat roads, because Netherlands, as you know, is everything flat, unfortunately, like Berlin, uh, you did a lot of crit race. So, i can tell you that I can um, understand that you're a competitive guy and you really like to go as fast as you can, don't you? Yes, uh, any race I uh, I start in, I will race it to win it. It doesn't matter if it's a crit or uh, or downhill race or uphill climb, I don't care. Um, I like this. This is this developed when I was doing BMX and it's still. That's why I'm, I, I started racing again. I just want to compete and I want to win. So I started, uh, because this is my first year racing on the road bike, I started in uh, the amateur class in the Netherlands, which is the second level below the, the professionals. And I started in this class because I wanted to gain experience. Uh, I didn't know anything about road bike tactics. I didn't know anything about the, the, the racing structures, team tactics, whatever. So I was just going in there with without any any thoughts and I just wanted to gain experience. And that's what I did this year. I tried to race as much races as I can, both in the Netherlands as in the Los Angeles, because when I fly to LA, um, I request a longer layover so i have one day extra and i will just try to get a race when i'm there so that's how i can race both in the netherlands and in los angeles and yeah and the thing is in this like um second level in 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 the netherlands the most races are crit races so there's it's really hard to do any other races so there's no stage races or whatever that's more uh organized only for the elite and not for the amateur class so that's why i do all these criteriums you were saying that you all, all the time that you start with a race you compete to win actually this worked good this year yeah well like i said i was i had no experience so i was making a lot of mistakes in the beginning 
I was just uh, uh, like destroying my own legs because I was chasing all the the attacks, all the breakaways or whatever. You can really see that in one of my videos where I uh, get dropped hard in my first race. Okay. And uh, there was a video in Los Angeles. Um, and then I started learning from my teammates in, in back in back home, like how the structure works and when to attack and when not to attack. And I could really learn a lot in this year. And I actually won my last two races that I uh, compete in back to back in uh, in the Netherlands, which was the last race was in my hometown. So I was really happy to win that race. Yeah, it was really cool. But yeah, going back to the core of this podcast, as I was telling you before in our first contacts, actually, uh, my main point uh, this uh, in this season is actually try to get to acquire the more trip that sorry trip tip that I tips that I can uh, for training for climb, climbing mountains, even if I live in a super flat city and cold flat and cold city as Berlin is. You were saying that actually uh, in your experience you climbed the Mont Ventoux and two times in a row uh, the Marmotte. Yeah. How can you do it? How can you train for these huge climbs? Because I want to do the same. Um, well, uh, the, the event I was training for on the Alpes I knew beforehand that I had to climb this mountain at least six times. So I trained mostly on endurance. Ah. Uh, my goal was just to ride a lot and to have a very, very wide base because my goal at that time was not to go up as fast as I could, but to make it yeah, six yeah, or yeah. seven times. So um, even if you don't have any climbs or mountains wherever you live, you can still ride 200 kilometers in a day yeah. and uh, build your stamina. So that's very important if you're doing a Grand Fondo, which is over a very long distance or with mountains, you will spend a lot of time on your bike. So if your Grand Fondo is eight hours with hills, you probably just want to be able to ride eight, at least eight hours on a flat. Okay. So that's how I see it. So uh, I was training for at least 200 kilometers on a flat. And then to do some, um, to do some intervals uh, to get your uh, FTP ups, your functional threshold power, that's that's the power you need to actually ride up the hill so the higher your your power is uh the easier it is actually to to get up there so that's that's the stuff that i did and then when i was training for the marmotte it was a little bit different because i knew first of all the race was shorter i would spend about seven hours seven and a half hours on the bike versus 12 hours and also my my goal was not to to make it but to go as fast as i could so I trained a lot more on intensity mm -hmm. and on that on that uh, functional threshold power just to get that up as high as I could. So I, I still did a lot of endurance, okay. a lot of long rides, but uh, I, I incorporated more um, uh, 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 intervals. Okay, so you were doing your intervals to train for climbing, for, for climbing, but in, in any case in the flat or you had something it, yes like... no it was all in the flat and then the thing is we have in the netherlands it's the dutch the dutch mountain have you heard of that <laughs> the dutch mountain the dutch mountain is wind ah yeah 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 exactly so okay, okay. our country is pretty flat and it's very open so we have a lot of uh, very open uh, like countryside and 
it's always windy. So when you have a very windy day, normally you would think, oh, the wind is very strong, so I'm not gonna go out. Uh But if you wanna train on climbing, that's the day you want to go out and ride into the wind. Okay. And that's that will be your mountain you're gonna climb. Because the speed is low, your gear is low, so it simulates a little bit the same as riding up a hill. Um, but it's it's I, I think you, it's it's fine if you don't train on a mountain and then when you get to your event, you can still get up there as long as your power is okay. Okay. Uh, you don't need a mountain to be able to climb well. Well, that's my experience. Okay, cool. So uh, we can say that I only and everybody only needs climbs and mountains just to have fun. Because let's face it, come on, just ride in the flat is so boring. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, right now I do a lot of climbing because I go out to, to different places in the world where they actually have mountains. So when I'm in Los Angeles, yeah. I go to the Malibu Hills and the climbs over there are great. They're not as high as, as the French Alps, mm-hmm. but they, they can still be like 20 minutes or, or something like that. So that's very nice to train on. It's perfect. Yeah. Okay, great. Still talking about uh, mountains or whatever. Okay, everybody knows from your videos that your main rider, your bike is actually a canyon high road, so a narrow bicycle. But yeah. how is the feeling of this bicycle on the mountains? At, at, at a certain point, actually, uh, you think something like maybe another one, I don't know, just still talking about again about canyon, maybe an ultimate would be better or still performs good also in the climbs. Well, um, actually, I do ride the, the ultimate uh, a couple of times because when I rent a bike in uh, either Los Angeles or uh, Hong Kong or Seoul, or whatever, uh, often I, I go on the on the ultimate. So I actually ride both of them and I know how they how they handle. Um, but the reason I, I ride the air road back home is because I live in a flat country and I don't have to climb. I never have to climb when I'm back home. So why would I buy a climber bike? when I'm in a flat country. That's the reason I bought the Aeroad and I took it on the Mon- on the Marmotte twice. I took it up and down Mont Ventoux and it, it, it's, it performs very well uphill. These uh, Aeroad, like the aerodynamic models of, of these, any brand, I think, they're getting better and better. And the thing that a, a climber bike has is stiffness and, and weight. But my bike isn't a lot heavier than the, than the Ultimate, so it goes up well and even like, like standing climbs, it's, it feels very stiff and uh, it, it performs very well. The only thing that didn't perform were the wheels. Ah, yeah. Um, but that's, that's the, the type of wheels that, that, that's your preference. I mean, uh, you can swap wheels and, and you're good because my, uh, I had these Exalit, Mavic Exalit wheels and, and Downhill in the Mont Ventoux that didn't go so well, but uh, uh, any 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 other wheel would be uh, would be fine in my so bike. Something, okay, something lighter and uh, a bit less stiff maybe would be better, right? Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Also, yeah, you were mentioning, uh, this is completely off topic, but you were mentioning downhills. Actually, I saw some videos of yours going downhill. I think that you you know how to handle this kind of bicycle. <laughs> yeah, downhill. the it's thing is rich. that I've been racing uh, BMX my whole life. So that like the BMX is probably the, the best uh, discipline in cycling to, to uh, get skills. 
and okay. I've been doing this for 20 years. So my my skills compared to a lot of other guys in the peloton are very good. And uh, when I go downhill, I, f I feel at home. You know, I feel natural. Going fast is, is something I really like. And okay. of course, uh, there's a, a risk and there's a danger, but it's always a calculated risk. And some people, they comment to my videos like, this is uh, ridiculous, it's very dangerous, and uh, you, uh, you're going too fast. Well, I'm always going as fast as I'm comfortable. So okay. if I think people that say this kind of things, they probably don't, they never go this fast or they don't, they, they're scared to go fast. Well, I go fast a lot. I know how to handle my bike. So I, I like doing it and I, it's always a calculated risk. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. can say here that actually uh, the magic rule is always don't overdo. If you exactly. don't feel comfortable on going fast, don't do it. If you yeah. feel it, do it. Also because on the other side, you are flying airplanes. So you know what that, what means to go fast. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know so, what I know what responsibility means as well. So exactly, exactly. You're not kind of a crazy fool person that just the only thing that he wants to do is to sign something I don't know three digit on uh, his cycle computer just because it's cool. I think that you know your stuff and you know how to handle it. And I never hit the uh, three digits yet. I almost did it on the uh, two, but not yet. Um, yeah, you were mentioning actually you're flying to the US and that you are riding your bicycle often on the other sides of the world. And which one is the difference, I don't know, main difference that you can see between uh, riding in Europe and riding in Asia? You were mentioning Hong Kong and riding in the US. Um, there's, there's a lot of differences in, in both races, in bikes, in, in the culture and everything. But a very typical difference, I think, is uh, that people in the Netherlands, they they don't, when they start riding, they would always start riding on the old bike. And uh, as they get better, they, they, they'll try to look at, like, maybe maybe another frame or maybe they, they ride with, uh, you know, Shimano Ultegra or, or whatever. When I go to the US and I, I go there in a group ride and I'm riding with 10 people and only two guys are racers, but uh -huh. every every guy would have Jura Ace on his bike. Wow. It's it's crazy. For me, that's crazy because all these guys are not racers and they're sometimes they're very experienced like uh, leisure uh, tour tour riders, but sometimes they never, they just start riding for one year or two years and they're riding very expensive bikes. So that's a very big difference in culture. I think in the US people don't ride their bike as a transportation thing. They just, they really ride it as a sport. And, and in the Netherlands people think, well, my bike is just a bike, you know, in the in, in US a bicycle is special, it's, is there, it's their sport, it's their racing thing, so they really pay a lot more attention to having a very fancy bike. So that's a very big mm -hmm. difference in, uh, in the US versus the Netherlands, if I just talk about the Netherlands. Also, the style is very different, uh, whereas in the Netherlands, it doesn't really matter if your uh, arm warmers and your cycling hat and your socks don't match, whereas in Los Angeles, they would have matching socks and saddlebags and everything was like almost out of a, a promotion booklet from from any any uh, clothing brand you know it looks perfect and in the netherlands it's just 
it doesn't matter. <laughs> you would see people riding with their bib shorts over a t-shirt, and uh, they would don't even know that they're doing something which doesn't, which looks very funny. You know, they don't care. So that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be really concrete on your way of riding. That's another thing that I really like. Actually, the same thing that I found here, in Berlin. Uh, but yeah, so we talk about your profession, we talked about your life in Netherlands, your riding in the mountains, a small piece is actually missing, your YouTuber life, yeah. you're a YouTuber and uh, I would like to know which message you want to vehicle via your YouTube channel and how everything started, how actually starts blowed into your mind, okay, I started doing a YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, the, the, the whole YouTube thing, I was making videos a long time ago back when I was doing BMX racing uh, and when when people go to my YouTube channel and I go to all my videos and you can scroll back 10 years and then you'll see me riding my BMX and you can see me oh, wow. winning national championships and everything I was just posting videos because I I just wanted to people to to have a look at my uh, my races that's it and then I I started making videos about my holidays. I was living in uh, Australia for a year. I made videos about that just because I like making videos. And it, it, it was more for my friends and family than for, for anybody else. I just posted on YouTube so people could see it. And when I was going to uh, Mont Ventoux last year with some friends, I was doing the same. For us, it was a holiday. It was a fun uh, fun uh, weekend out. And I just made uh, made a video about it. But the thing happened that we were descending at almost 100 kilometers an hour downhill Mont Ventoux. And in, in this downhill, my friend who was riding right in front of me, he flew out of the corner and he crashed. It's so and, scary. I yeah, this and this part. was on video. So and then scary. in the same descent, he, he was fine, by the way. Uh, he, he had some minor scratches. He was, we were very lucky. In the same descent, I completely melted my brakes. And I posted this video on YouTube just like I did with all my other holiday videos. And I didn't, I, 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 you know, just because I always did it. And it sort of uh, took off on YouTube and a lot of people started watching it. And then I thought, wow, that might be cool to uh, do, do a little bit more back in. And then I didn't do anything at that moment. A couple months later, I started riding in, uh, in Los Angeles and I, I figured, well, what if I just do a vlog about me riding in Palos Verdes because this is just a great area to ride. So I made some videos riding in Palos Verdes and this was the first time I was doing my videos in English. And that's when it began. I, 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 people started watching it and uh, commenting and, and saying that they liked my videos and whatever. So I started, I just continued and this was the year I started racing. So I took my whole community, everybody that was watching my videos, I took them along the journey that I was going through in begin be, like starting my my racing on the road bike and and just it started growing a lot and uh, I have a lot of people watching me and commenting to me every day and which is awesome so that's how I started uh, it 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 was yeah it was not a really a big plan beforehand but uh, it just it just started like this yeah and now you are actually let's say, sharing your experience with the yeah. bicycle and try to transmit this passion for Yeah, yourself. I'm trying to, um, I, like all my videos are always uh, sincere and always authentic because that's what I do. I don't uh, go out because I need to make a new video. I shoot a video when I go out to ride. 
So that's very different. A lot of people make yeah. videos and they think about, oh, what can I make for my next video? I do it the other way around. I go train, I go ride wherever I am. I do a race and I take my camera with me and I start videoing. I started filming whatever I'm doing and then always something interesting happens. And, and that's the, then that will be the story that my video is about, you know? So I, I just really take everybody along with my ride and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think this is the best spirit that you can get when you are creating content for bicycle. Just uh, let's uh, involve people on what we are doing all the time. The same thing that I would like to do with my podcast. Just involve people as much as you can for the th with the thing that you do, and try to be a lot of cyclists around because you know we're kind of a huge community, but we can be. Yeah, people. for sure. Yeah. It's it's hard to uh, to 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 grow very big on uh, on YouTube because there's so much competition, and uh, we are in, of course we are a niche, so we have a very uh, small audience, but it can be very uh, a very strong audience. So uh, everybody needs to 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 help a little bit to get it out there. You know, if people start sharing your video, this helps so much, and uh, um, this will help me make even more videos and better videos, but. It's still, it's going to be cycling will be always be a, a little bit of a small audience, but it's a very nice uh, place to be on YouTube, I think. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And what about next year then? Talking about mountains, what's your and about bicycle in general, but mainly yeah. mountains. Um, well, next year I'm actually transferring next year to uh, Elite, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go up a, ne a level. Uh, in the Netherlands, we have Elite Men, which is the UCI category. Um, and then there's Elite, uh, which are under a pro contract, but uh, they will sometimes they race the same races as the Elite without the contract. So I'm going to be racing Elite and see what happens. I'm going to do uh, as good as I can and uh, try to uh, maybe even step it up another level next year. I don't know. We'll see where it gets me. But this will require a lot of uh, attention for me, and uh, that's that's what I'm gonna like focus my my training schedule uh, on, which is probably not gonna be too much climbing because after all, I'm a pretty heavy guy. I like climbing, but uh, when I climb against all these other races, which are 10 or 20 kilos lighter than me, it's uh, <laughs> well, I can't win. So uh, the races that I'm gonna do will mostly be flat. But um, like Mont, uh, like the Mont Ventoux last year, I'm gonna go probably gonna go to the Stelvio next year. When is gonna happen? Uh, right idea? now we're talking about September. Okay, we can discuss this one offline yeah. because it's the same plan that I oh, have in my cool. schedule. Yeah. So we want to do the Stelvio, <laughs> well, which know. is a, I, of course it's a very iconic climb in Italy and. Uh, it's going to be so yeah. cool to ride up there, and uh, yeah, we're planning to do this in September 2018. So that's that's coming up. Yeah, I think that yeah, this is actually also my plan, also because there is an amazing kind of um, independent Gran Fondo that are doing. The name is Mogasta, okay. and there is yeah, there are two. Uh, there is Gavia, there is Stelvio is the last uh, the last one, and the Mon. Uh? I don't remember which one is the first actually, but there are two or three iconic climbs in the same day and it's really completely nice. independent. So this is my idea, but we will share this information yeah. all together. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, great. Thank you for your time, Jasper. It was, as usual, super, super motivated and super inspiring talking with you. It's like watching it one of your videos, but with kind of an interaction. And as usual, it looks like we are sharing a lot of the same things apart from the competing thing, because I'm not competitive <laughs> at all, but probably because I'm failing all the time while I'm competing. That's why I try to take it. But apart. it doesn't matter. You know, we, we you, when you share the, your, your love of bicycles, you can always, you always have, a, have some kind of connection. So that's very cool. And uh, that's what I always uh, see with people around me. And uh, whenever they ride bikes, you have something to talk about. And, and it's great. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I would say that if you have something to say, your last words on this interview, that's the time. Um, well, I'm just going to finish like I always do. I'm going to see you guys next time. See ya! <laughs> Ciao, Jasper. Thanks a lot. Mountains, mountains, mountains. I don't know how I can do without you mountains but yeah i had to survive here in berlin no mountains so that's the thing but looks like we found a partner guys calamaro guys to do the stelvio together this year i think that we can join the group of jasper maybe we can start five seven hours earlier than him and make the stelvio together if you two guys listener audience wants to share with me some of your climbs or some of your adventure or just you want to join me and my crew on doing some climbings around Europe this year, check out in the description. You will find my Excel spreadsheet. No, it's not Excel. Spreadsheet, Google spreadsheet, where you can put there your thing, your challenge, and we will figure it out how we can do it together. Maybe also with Jasper, hopefully. I was telling you at the beginning that I kicked the ass of the poor Arne this week into an event this weekend not this week this weekend into an event the event i'm talking about is the rented time trial an event organized by the far wind berlin guys it was a blast i don't know why not all the community of cyclists of berlin participate that should be completely crowded but we were something like around total 50 20 participating to it idea concept amazingly cool so grab some bike sharing shitty bicycle i'm talking about the little bikes and put some spd or look or whatever but clipless pedal on top of it and make a round of the temple of a Feld. Helmet mandatory, even if I forgot it, I was too nervous. Helmet mandatory as fast as you can. Six kilometers. Who can make it as fast as he can, so faster wins. Well, we were, as I was saying, above, no, beyond 20, 20, 25, I don't remember. I will put the classification in the description, the link, I think I posted somewhere. But yeah, I was seventh, seventh position, guys, seventh position. Five seconds before my super good friend Arne. Arne is uh, kind of one of uh, the main character of the Elekat scene here in Berlin. He wins every Twilight, he wins one, I think, even more. He wins every... Uh, last time, for example, last one was last... Or Tuesday and he was third the one before probably one 
this kind of person. And for me, you know, for me, it doesn't matter. I'm really okay on arriving the last one. I was just there for the show. It was super fun. There were a lot of friends, uh, beers, a lot of chats. Also because a lot of also creator, uh, content creator for bicycle meets there usually. And brackets. Also the Far Wind, bicycle, uh, far wind team uh, here in Berlin. They are super nice organizing. Always super cool stuff. And I was there just for fun. But when I saw actually my time and I saw that it was five seconds faster than Arne, for me it was fine. You know, it happened. Arne was so pissed. I think he got, I don't know, um, a couple of nights full of nightmares because of this. Come on, man. You're going to win all the next time. All the time that we are competing together, you are going to win. No doubt on it. You don't need to be so angry with me. Come on, it could happen. By the way, another small note in these six kilometers in the temple. Of, ah, by the way, it was not close. So you have also to zigzag here and there, uh, trying to avoid people. And uh, also wind was a main... Uh, um, uh, a main detail, a main variable, a main variable on the event, but I can tell you that, yeah, you need to handle your bicycle, and usually, I think that are more, I am more a person of a little uh, bike sharing, uh, you know, bicycle, because, uh, I don't know, I can push a bit more, I don't care about uh, light bicycle or heavy bicycle, my bicycle is always heavy, and uh, usually, I don't care about the gear. I always put the strongest one and push as much as I can. So, yeah, man, we can do it again. You're gonna win. Oh, uh, let's say ten time, nine times on ten, you are gonna win, Arne, for sure. This time happened, that was the time that I won. It was the first one. It will never happen again. Another small thing on the margin of this thing uh, was, okay, the classification. Uh, there were some guys, some guys of this other team, slash bicycle shop here in Berlin, the standard guys that arrived completely as, I don't know, time trialists, you know? They were with a narrow helmet, with the aero suit. They were super fine, but, you know, they were also super strong and they finished it in nine, above, above 10 minutes and... Uh, no, below 10 minutes. Uh, let's say 9 minutes. The first one was around 9 minutes. And the second one around 10 minutes. And while I finish it in 11 minutes and 42 seconds. And Arne, you will know it. 8th position. 11 minutes and 47 seconds. An average for me was around 32.3 kilometers per hour. If you think with a little bicycle, it's a great thing. And yeah, so there were these people dressing as crazy. It was really fine. And on the other side, there was Paul, my other super good friend that makes a couple of pictures. You will find them around in my account. And he actually did the race carrying with him his small daughter kind of a 20 kilos uh, extra weight on his bicycle and he ended up finishing at around 13 minutes it was nice it was super nice so yeah check around on the facebook or whatever the event i will put a link of uh, rent a time trial it was super super funny and uh, yeah probably next year again. Thanks a lot, Firewind, guys. It was really amazing. So I think that we can finish here. It's usually 77 minutes this episode. I will start saying my contacts hello at calamaro.cc. If you want to write me an email, please do it. And let me feel your heart, please. And uh, plus, yeah, instagram.com slash readcalamaro, twitter.com slash readcalamaro. On Twitter this week, you will find another great 
poll and uh, go there and vote which climb do you want to ride during the top two tour this year i know already what i want to do and help me to interview please lance armstrong lance armstrong writing on uh, writing to him with the any an hashtag okay mentioning and with an hashtag lance at broom wagon ah probably at the beginning i forgot my sponsor but probably i will do it and i will put it at the beginning but yeah editing stuff my sponsor i can i live without them wahoo wahoo element is always with me was not with me during the time tra the rental time trial because i didn't know how to find actually uh, the space to put the handle to put the bicycle computer there but it's always the best bicycle computer in town it looks like they are doing the, a lot of um, event and shooting here in berlin in this period something is going on i know already what but something is going on uh, try to keep an eye on the wahoo accounts in the social and isador new season is coming winter season is coming new gears are coming all super elegant so yes guys Ah, no, the last thing. Uh, I am back on, on iTunes, so please go on iTunes, look for Broom Wagoon and crash into this subscribe button. Just try to be 3,000 by the end of this year. And if you don't like iTunes, just go to Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash listen calamaro. I will talk to you next time. Bye.